presence of the Lord is strong in here this morning. And I believe it'll just continue to increase. Hallelujah. Welcome everyone and welcome everyone watching by internet and live stream. We welcome all of you into our service today. And uh, I'm thrilled to be able to have the opportunity to share with you. It's been quite some time, but I'll be here obviously today and I'll be here next Sunday as well. And uh, we've got some, some good things to share with you. And uh, please know that even when I'm away, when I'm out, um, I was in California last week about this time. And, uh, but since it's uh, earlier out there, a couple of hours earlier, I get to watch Pastor Justin preach before I go into my service. And uh, he's been doing an awesome job, hasn't he? Give him a good hand. Praise God. I have great confidence in Brother Pastor Justin. Amen. Brother Pastor, praise God. Amen. That's a good title for you, Brother Pastor. <laughs> Most of you know that during the month of October every year is when I set some special time aside to be in the presence of the Lord to ask him about the prophetic word for the coming new year. Earlier this month, I had that opportunity, and I heard him say these words, continue to preach, teach, and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. It's still my plan for the faithful to flourish. Amen. I'll say it again. Continue to preach, teach, and emphasize the importance of faithfulness. It's still my plan for the faithful to flourish. He went on to say, if you'll do this, then they will eventually get it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'll do this, then they will eventually get it. And then finally he said, it's never been more important than right now for them to flourish in every area of their lives. How many of you would agree with that? Praise God. It's never been more important for you and I to flourish in every area of our lives than right now. This world, I'll just say it this way, it's gone nuts. <laughs> it's, not, it's not your grandfather's world. It's not even the world I knew as a kid. It's not even the world I knew 20 years ago. And thank God I know the Word. Thank God the Word is in my heart in abundance. Because I don't know how people make it today without the Word of God and without a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So cling to that. Don't, don't make any decision whatsoever that it's just too hard to serve the Lord. It's just too tough. No, without him, you are hopeless. And you say amen. amen. But with him, praise God, I have hope. And with him, I have confidence that somehow, some way, when it's all said and done, I'll come out on the other side victorious. Can you say amen? Amen. So in obedience to him, I'm going to just keep on preaching, teaching, and emphasizing faithfulness. Now, I've been doing that since November the 2nd, 2016, when he gave me that word about the faithful shall flourish. I have preached that message all over the world, literally all over the world since November 2016. I've continued to preach it. Uh, I've just recently returned from Italy and Sicily, preached it all over 
Italy, preached it all over Sicily. In fact, uh, I was told that in some areas of Sicily, uh, an American had never been there to preach. I was the first, praise God. And uh, I was preaching on faithfulness, just like I've been doing here, like I've been doing in every church here in America and abroad. And um, uh, you would think, you know, that there's just so many sermons you can preach on faithfulness. But the word is inexhaustible. I keep, I keep seeing faithfulness on every page. I, I believe the Lord's still got an abundance of sermons for me to preach on faithfulness. And I like what he said. And you keep doing it and eventually they'll get it. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, there is hope for you. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> so once again. In obedience to him, I'm going to keep on preaching, teaching, and emphasizing faithfulness. And furthermore, I'm determined to live it before you, live it before the people everywhere I go, so that you can see that the word is true. The faithful man shall abound in blessings. Amen. That's the evidence of faithfulness, that you will abound in blessings. Can you say amen? Now, a few days ago, I was preparing to fly to Alabama to do a service. And uh, the Holy Spirit said these words to me. This was on October the 27th. And I want to read them to you. These are indeed the days of my greater glory, saith the Lord. I will cause it to manifest for all who have been, all who have remained faithful to me and faithful to my word. And I will cause them to flourish and to abound even as I have promised in my word. I will honor their loyalty to me by enabling them to overcome every attack of the evil one, and I will bring them into the greatest breakthroughs that they have experienced thus far. Rest assured that I'm working in their behalf even now, and they shall triumph, and they shall be victorious, and all shall see that I am still the God of the breakthrough, and I'm still the God who keeps covenant. So lift up your hands and lift up your voices and praise your God, the God who is unlike any other God, the God who blesses all who have been loyal and faithful to him, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands, lift up your voices and praise him. Hallelujah. Praise the God who is unlike any other God. Can you say amen? So the prophetic word for 2018, it's about to come on the screen. Days of glory, days of flourishing, days of abounding. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Get it in your spirit, praise God. Write it down. In fact, before long, we'll have it all printed up. Give everybody a copy. I hope you do what I do every year. I start a new notebook with notes from the Lord, sermons from the Lord, and I put right in the front of it the prophetic word for that year. Keep it before me everywhere I go. I have it here in my outline notebook. I have it in my day timer. I have it everywhere, on my desk, everywhere. I'm not playing spiritual games or, or church. I, I'm, I'm serious, praise God. I want what God wants for me. Can you say amen? Amen. So consequently, every year it comes to pass in my life, and I have been flourishing all year long. Hallelujah. 
sounds like I'm ready to go to the next level. Or God's ready to take me to the next level. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready to go to the next level. <clears throat> Amen. So let's talk about this this morning. This will be uh, my first sermon to talk about days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. So it begins right here in our home church, praise God. And then from here on out, I'll preach it everywhere I go. Now, many years ago, when I was studying the Word of God uh, regarding the glory, I remember being in a meeting where Kenneth Hagin preached on the glory of God, and it made a tremendous impact on my life. In fact, it was one of those powerful Holy Ghost meetings. I mean, we had a a move of God in that service that day. And I'll never forget it. I still, ha- I still have the, the cassette tape of it. That's how far back it was. And I listened to it from time to time. Kenneth Hagin on the glory of God. It's probably on YouTube or something like that, you know, with those messages of his old camp meetings. And I began studying the glory. And I discovered this. If you want to join with me in, in um, Exodus chapter... 33, Exodus chapter 33, I discovered this about the glory of God. Number one, and I've I've preached this part of it here before, the glory of God is the manifested presence of God, the manifested power of God, and the manifested goodness of God. That's what the glory is. It's the manifested presence, the manifested power, and the manifested goodness of God. Of God. Now you can clearly see this in the book of Exodus chapter 33, particularly beginning with verse 18, where Moses makes this request of the Lord. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Now Moses makes it very clear what he desires. He wants to see God's glory. Notice how God responded in the next verse. I will make all my goodness pass before thee. Moses didn't ask to see the goodness of God. He asked to see the glory of God. But apparently in the mind of God, the one and the same. The glory of God is the manifested presence of God. You can see this in verse 22. God says to him, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by. Now notice how God interchanges the words goodness and glory. First he said, I'll, sh- I'll show you my, my goodness. Then he turns back and says, and all my glory will pass before you. So God uses the words uh, indicating that they're both the same. That the glory of God is a manifestation of the goodness of God. And my Bible talks about throughout the goodness of God. God is good. Hallelujah. I, I, I was preaching a message in Miami years ago, and uh, the Lord gave me this title. If it ain't good, it ain't God. <laughs> I appreciated him using the word ain't, praise God. And I used to get in trouble all the time saying ain't, you know. But he said, if it ain't good, it ain't God. Amen. In the beginning, everything God made, immediately after he made it, the Bible says, and it was good. And it was good. So look at your neighbor and say, if it ain't good, it ain't God. God. Amen. Now, Evelyn Roberts was still here. She would be getting on to me right now. 
She used to tell me, Jerry, you're a lot smarter than you let on. Now start using correct grammar. She was an English teacher when Brother Roberts married her. And he's standing there next to her and said, I'm glad she's getting on you now. (laughs) She's been getting on me all my ministry. But the truth is, if it's not good, then it's not God. God's not behind it. He's a good God. Look at your neighbor and say, he's a good God. That's where Oral Roberts got that phrase. He's a good God and something good is going to happen to you today. Amen. Praise God. So God responded to Moses and said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And verse 22, once again, and it will come to pass while my glory passeth by. So once again, Moses asked to see God's glory. And God said, I'll show you my goodness. So apparently the manifested goodness of God is a vital part of the glory of God. Now, the Lord said it's going to be days of glory. Days of glory. What can we expect to see during days of glory? The goodness of God. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm headed for the goodness of God. More than I've ever experienced it before. How many of you really believe that? Praise God. I believe it. I'm already excited about it. I've seen the goodness of God ever since I came to the Lord over 48 years ago. God has been good to Jerry Savelle. But he's about to get gooder. Hallelujah. I guess today is the day that I get to use any old language I want to use. Nobody here to correct me. Hallelujah. All right. So the goodness of God is a manifestation of the glory of God. Now, earlier God told Moses in verse 14, my presence shall go with thee. Here again, we find that the manifested presence of God is also a vital part of the glory of God. So what we can expect in 2018 is greater manifestations of the goodness of God and greater manifestations of the presence of God. Amen. Not only in church, and I'm expecting it in church, but where it really counts is out there in your everyday life. And you say, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I'm expecting the manifested goodness and the manifested presence of God every day in my life. And give him a shout in advance. Praise God. Amen. Still earlier, the Bible proclaims that God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt by his power. In Exodus 32 verse 11, with great power and with a mighty hand. And furthermore, God promised in Exodus 34, 10, I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. So here again, we see that the glory of God is not only a manifestation of the goodness of God and the presence of God, but also the power of God. And notice what God says to them. And I believe he's saying it to us today. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth. I'm getting ready. You're getting ready to see God do things we've never seen him do before. You haven't seen all he can do. I haven't seen all he can do. Nobody's seen all he can do, but he's about to show out. Hallelujah. And what a great time for him to do so. Can you say amen? 
Hallelujah. So notice once again, when we talk about the glory, we're talking about the manifested goodness, the manifested presence, and the manifested power of God. And I can think of no better time for that to happen than right now, particularly in the time in which we live. A lot of people are experiencing tremendous attacks. A lot of people in the body of Christ are experiencing tremendous attacks from the adversary. And a lot of people are on the verge of giving up. A lot of people have given up. A lot of people are not attending church. A lot of people are not serving the Lord anymore. There's a lot of preachers that have given up. I'm amazed. I have been in over 4,000 churches in America alone since I've been in the ministry. That's not including all the churches I've preached in around the world. I've been in over 4,000 churches in America. And I am amazed at how many of those pastors that I met way back there and even recently are, are not still preaching the gospel, not even in the ministry any longer. Some of them uh, uh, even got back into sin, old lifestyles, old habits. Some of them have died as a result of it. Sin just doesn't work. Amen. And yet on the other hand, praise God, I still go to churches where those pastors are faithful. They've been laboring uh, in the, 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 the garden of God, so to speak, in his vineyard. They've been faithful about it. I can remember uh, going to some of those churches when they were little storefront buildings. You know, uh, the Word of Faith churches mostly started in, in places that uh, wherever they could find a place to meet. I've preached in abandoned laundromats. I've preached in barns. I've preached in uh, outside uh, in a pasture. I, I went to a place up in Arkansas. They didn't have a building. It was just a hungry bunch of people wanted me to preach to them. And they brought quilts and lawn chairs. And I preached from a front porch. And they all sat out there in the yard and listened to me. Amen. Hallelujah. I've been at this a long time. <laughs> I can remember those early days, those early beginnings. You know, and, and uh, uh, some of those people. In fact, I was in uh, a meeting in Little Rock, Arkansas last year. And a man come up to me and said, Brother Jerry, you remember me? I said, sir, you look very familiar, but I, I can't remember your name. He said, I was in that meeting you did uh, where you stood on the front porch and you preached to us out in the yard. I said, wow, boy, you do go a long way back. He said, yeah, and I'm still holding fast to the word of faith. Praise God. Amen. Faithful people. I love it. I love being around faithful people. I love preaching to faithful people. I love preaching to unfaithful people, but faithful people are my favorite. Praise God. Amen. Now the Bible records a prayer of David when he was going through a very tough time in his life. More than likely, it was when he was in the wilderness fleeing from Absalom, who was endeavoring to take his life. In Psalm 63, if you go there with me for a moment, Psalm 63, verse 1 says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. 
to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Now notice, I think it's very important to take note of the fact that even when David was facing one of the greatest trials of his life, he didn't forget his God. He didn't turn his back on God. And he didn't walk away from his faith in God who had delivered him many, many times in the past. He stuck with God, even though his life is, is under threat. He remained faithful. The Bible says, I'm in a dry and thirsty land, David said. I'm in a dry and thirsty land. This implies a place of wilderness. This is when so many believers give up. That's why Paul wrote in Galatians, be not weary in well-doing. Amen. He said, if you will not faint, you will reap in due season. That's where a lot of Christians start fainting when they're in the wilderness. We're in that dry place. When they're uh, under the threat of losing everything or or even uh, the threat of losing their life. That's when a lot of people start backing away from God, getting out of the word of God. Stop going to church. that's, That's not the brightest decision you'll ever make. You don't need to back away from God when you're in trouble. You don't need to stop coming to church when you're in trouble. Amen. You don't need to get out of the word when you're in trouble. Amen. That, that's your source of strength. Your, your God, his word, and, and the fellowship with others. Praise God. You can draw strength from that. The apostle Paul even said one time that, that his faith was nourished by, by being in others' presence, other Young men, younger than him, men that he had mentored and fathered in the faith. But he said, when they're around me, and I'm paraphrasing, when they're around me or I'm in their presence, they, they, they uh, encourage me. They, they enlarge my faith. That's the reason you need to be in the presence of believers when you're in trouble, when you're facing trials. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Amen. So I'm encourage you to stay among those who walk by faith. Hallelujah. Those who will not compromise. So once again, David's talking about, he's in a place of weariness, but David did not give up. He did not back down. He clings to the fact that God always preserves the faithful. Notice once again, he says to see thy power and thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. It's one thing to witness God's presence in church. But it's another thing to witness God's presence when you're out there all alone and you don't think anybody knows what you're going through. Amen. That's, that's when, to me, I, I love God's presence in church. But it's more precious to me when I'm out there by myself. No one seems to know what I'm going through, you know, and, and you devil's trying to wake you up, you know, every moment of the night, pressuring you, telling you no way, no way. That's when his presence, God's presence, God's power and God's goodness becomes even more precious in your life than ever before. Can you say amen? I've experienced that many, many times. So he said, I've seen your glory in the sanctuary. I've seen it in church. But I'm out in the wilderness. 
I'm out here alone. They're trying to take my life. And he said, and I long to see your power and your glory, just like I've seen it in days past. It's during the times of your greatest trials and your greatest tests that you want to remain confident that God will not forsake you. That God will not let you down. Can you say amen? And that's what David is implying here. David is confident that his God, notice he makes it very clear, his God. He took possession of God as his God. Amen. You know, you don't want to ever get to the place in your life where you refer to him as the man upstairs. <laughs> Amen. The man upstairs. No, he's my God. The apostle Paul said, my God shall supply all your need. Say it with me. My God shall supply all my need. My God will never leave me nor forsake me. My God will cause me to triumph. So you want to know he's your God when you're under pressure. You want to know you can depend on your God when you're under pressure. I'm not talking about Oral Roberts' God or Billy Graham's God. I'm talking about my God, hallelujah, which happens to be the same God as their God. Amen. But he's my God. Hallelujah. I'm so glad he's my God. And that's what David is saying here. He's actually encouraging himself in the wilderness. Even though in the natural, and most people would do this, just fold up and quit. Just give up and die. But David's not going to do that. He's still calling out to the God that he has seen so many times before come through for him. So you could derive from these words that it's one thing to commune with God in an environment where there is no pressure. But it's even more important to commune with God when you feel all alone. When it looks like nothing's working and your circumstances seem hopeless. Never stop pursuing God. Tell your neighbor, never stop pursuing God. If he'll show up in church, then he'll show up in the wilderness. Can you say amen? amen? So David is under great pressure. But he's still calling upon God and he wants to see his glory. What's he want to see? The manifested goodness, the manifested presence, and the manifested power of God. And I think it's very important to remind you that he says, as I've seen before. What is that a reference to? God, if you've done it before, you can do it again. Amen. Amen. If you've done it before, then you can do it again. And apparently he believes that God will honor his request because he says in the very last verse, the king shall rejoice in God. Amen. The king shall rejoice in God. Now, in another place, Psalm 27 and verse 13, David says this, I would have fainted if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I would have fainted. I, I, I wouldn't have been able to stand. I wouldn't have been able to continue to, to uh, keep my eyes on God if I hadn't believed. What do you believe when you're in the wilderness? What are you believing when you're under your greatest attacks? What are you believing when all hell breaks loose in your life? What are you believing when it looks like 
It's a, it's a, a lost cause. David said, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed that I was about to see the goodness of God. That's what you got to keep on your mind. Keep in the forefront of your thinking. I may be going through a tough time right now, but I know on the other side of this tough time is the goodness of God is waiting for me. Praise God. Can you say amen? A manifestation of his glory is just on the other side of every test and every trial. Hallelujah. But are you willing to wait for it? Are you willing to stay strong while you're going through that trial? David said, once again, I would have fainted if I hadn't believed. So what you believe when you're in the wilderness is vitally important. Amen. It's vitally important as to your outcome. I believe that I will see the goodness of God. Can you say amen? Amen. God spoke to Isaiah when his people were experiencing great trials and mainly because of their own sin. They brought it upon themselves. But eventually God says this through Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 60 verses 1 and 2. Arise, shine, for thy light is come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Notice it appears to me that after every great attack, it seems like on the other side of it is a manifestation of the glory of God. Amen. After every hard time on the other side of it, awaiting for you, is the glory of God, the manifestation of the glory of God. And here he says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Now this is not only a word for the people in Isaiah's day, but it is a prophetic word for the people of our day as well. And what is God saying? Don't you dare give up now. Don't you dare turn back now. Don't you dare let go of your faith now. Why? Because the glory of the Lord is is rising up on you and the glory of the Lord will be seen upon you. What does that mean? If you keep reading the people who will see it, not just church people, he said the Gentiles will, will be attracted to what's happening to you. It's the world that's going to see the goodness of God, the presence of God, and the power of God in your life, and it will attract them to Him. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. That's just on the other side of this trial that you might be going through. Amen. There's a pattern in the Bible. Dick Rubin used to say, when the pattern's right, the glory falls. Amen. There's a pattern. If you're going through what you consider to be a a great test or trial of your faith, uh, uh, adversity that you've uh, never encountered before, don't give up under pressure. Stay faithful. Say it with me. Stay faithful. Because on the other side of this, the glory is about to be revealed. The manifested presence, power, and goodness of God. Is just awaiting you. You know, I, I remember uh, a number of years ago, and, and I probably shared this here before, but 
It's my sermon. I can do it again if I want to. I was asked to come and preach up in Denton, Texas. And uh, I went up there to preach on a Sunday morning. And as I, uh, after I finished, the pastor wanted me to have lunch with he and some of the church members, the deacon board, I believe it was, and their families. And so I stayed and had lunch with them. And then I was going to drive back home. Coming back home, they had forecasted, you know, uh, storms in the area for the afternoon. Well, boy, I got right in the middle of it on the interstate 35 coming home. And about uh, before you got to the racetrack out there, I'm telling you, the rain, the storms, the lightning, it was, it was like I hadn't been in in a long time. The windshield wipers didn't do any good at all. I mean, it was raining so hard, you could barely see the taillights of the car in front of you. And so we're doing about 20 miles an hour, just poking along here, you know. And I noticed uh, every once in a while I'd come up and they'd see some taillights off to the right where people were pulling off the road because it was so hard, such a hard rain. And I needed to get back home because I had to preach at Grace Temple that night. And so I, I, I didn't want to stop even though I didn't know how long this would last, but I, I'm determined that I'm going to get back home. So I'm just kind of inching away, you know, and once again, you could hardly see anything in front of you. So I'm endeavoring to be as careful as I possibly can, praying in the Holy Ghost, you know, that I don't run into somebody. And I'm just kind of inching away, and more and more cars are pulling off the side of the road. And eventually, I got maybe... Five miles through that. And I come out on this and it was just sunshine. I mean, it was just like a, it was just like a, a, a plexiglass of storm. And on the other side of it was this beautiful sunshine. I thought, wow, I broke out of that. And it was so beautiful. And it looked like it hadn't rained at all on this side. And I, I wanted to go back so bad. I want to go back and stop and tell all those people, you can make it. Come on. Come on. You can do it. It's not very far and there's beautiful sunshine. I really wanted to do that, but I didn't have time because I had to be back to be at Grace Temple. But on the way there, he said to me, Lord, uh, the Lord said to me, son, in the midst of every storm, just remember this example. There is sunshine on the other side. There is sunshine on the other side. And if you'll just stay faithful, keep pursuing, keep going forward, then you're going to break out of this trial, break out of this storm, and there's going to be beautiful sunshine on the other side. And you say, amen. Amen. I trust that will be something you'll take home with you today. Amen. Even though you might be in a storm, there's beautiful sunshine. Amen. And sunshine is symbolic of the glory. Can you say amen? Amen. The glory. So once again, during a time of tremendous adversity, God promises the manifestation of his presence, his power, and his goodness. Now, I could take you through the Old Testament and show you that time and time again, a pattern. But let's get over into the New Testament and see if we can see that same pattern. Go with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. 
And let's begin reading in verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Why am I always under pressure? Why is the devil always picking on me? (laughs) It's like I was preaching with uh, Brother Roberts at the Maybe Center in Tulsa. And uh, Brother Copeland was there as well. The three of us were preaching there. And uh, we had several thousand people in that meeting, particularly in the evening services. Brother Roberts preached first, then Brother Copeland, then I was to follow. And uh, when I got through preaching that night, we, we were all staying other than Brother Roberts. He went home, but Brother Copeland and I were staying in the hotel that's right across the street from Oral Roberts University. So we went to the hotel. Brother Copeland had already gone ahead of me. And uh, my driver dropped me off there. And so I'm headed up to my room. I'm standing there in the lobby waiting for the elevator. And this lady came up to me. She said, Brother Jerry, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She said, I don't understand. I said, what is it you don't understand? She said, well, uh, two nights ago, Oral Roberts talked about how that he had a heart attack. And the devil was trying to kill him, or he had some heart trouble, and the devil was trying to kill him and said, but he stood on the word of God and, and uh, believed God and, and God came through and healed him and he was back to preaching in just a matter of a sh- few short days. I said, yes, ma'am, I remember him telling that and I remember when he experienced that. I said, what is it you don't understand? She said, well, last night, Brother Copeland talked about how that he and Gloria had gone through a great financial uh, attack in their ministry and, and needed a ton of money. And I said, yeah, I was in the service. I heard that testimony. I, in fact, I was with him when they were going through that. And I said, well, what is it you don't understand? She said, well, he talked about how God delivered him and God gave him a miracle and, and they were able to take care of that financial pressure. I said, yes, ma'am. What is it you don't understand? Well, tonight you talked about how the devil came against you and and you were under great attack and you had to stand on the word of God and believe God and and stay in faith and and God delivered you. I said, yes, ma'am. What is it you don't understand? She said, well, what I don't understand is why is the devil always picking on you boys? He never bothers me. I said, well, ma'am, apparently you're not a threat. (laughs) And I know she didn't want to hear this. Apparently he's already got you. The devil don't pick on people that he's already got. He picks on people that he hasn't got. You heard it first, right here. Heritage. (laughs) The Bible says he comes for the word's sake. He don't care a thing about you. He don't care if you die and go to heaven. He don't care if you die and go to hell. It's why you're on the earth with the word of God in your heart and being faithful to it that bothers him, keeps him up all night. Amen. She said, well, should I start believing for more attacks? I said, no. You just get serious with God, get serious with his word, and you'll have all the attacks you can handle. I said, but at the same time, if you get serious with God and serious with his word, you'll have more victories than you've ever known in your life. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen. So notice here, 
In the New Testament, once again, Peter says, don't think it's strange that you're under attack. Everybody that loves God comes under attack. Everybody that loves the Word of God comes under attack. I haven't had a free ride in these 48 years. Dear Lord, you don't have time. I don't have time to tell you all the attacks I've encountered in 48 years. But I can tell you this, God has never let me down. God has never forsaken me. God has never allowed me to lose. Hallelujah. Now I had to stand. Having done all to stand, I had to stand some more. I thank God for those, those miracles that happened before dark. Sometimes I've stood for 20 years before the manifestation came. But when it came, that was the shortest 20 years I ever spent in my life. I wouldn't even think about how long it took. I was praising God because he did what he said he would do. He was faithful. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. So once again, Peter says, don't think it's strange that these things are happening to you. So I said, well, am I doing something wrong? No, it might be you're doing something right. I found out a long time ago, there's only two times the devil attacks people. When you've done something wrong or when you've done something right. Other than that, he don't bother you at all. (laughs) And it's not always that you've done something wrong. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's because you're doing things right. That ought to put a smile on your face. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, you must be doing something right. Some of you ought to lift your hands and thank God for that revelation. Amen. Now, once again, he says, don't think it's strange, but rejoice. Rejoice. When am I supposed to do all this rejoicing? When I'm going through a trial. When I'm going through a test. When I'm experiencing adversity. When I'm being challenged. When my faith is under attack. When do I rejoice? I rejoice during those times. Anybody can rejoice when all is well, when you got money in the bank, your body feels good, your children are serving the Lord, your marriage is strong. It doesn't take faith to rejoice in those circumstances, but it takes faith to rejoice when everything is falling apart. And he said, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, That when his glory shall appear, when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. Notice that pattern. After every major attack, on the other side of it, the glory is waiting to be revealed. And what is the glory? The manifested goodness, the manifested presence, and the manifested goodness of God. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm on my way to the manifested presence, the manifested goodness, and the manifested power of God. What have I got to worry about? I believe I'll just rejoice. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, lift your hands and lift your voices and rejoice. Hallelujah. Why? Because the glory is about to be revealed. What I hear Peter saying is this, if you won't give up, even though you're under great pressure, then you will experience the manifested presence, power, and goodness of God. 
Now, listen to how the message translation reads. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. I love that. When life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. And then it goes on to say, glory is just around the corner. Hallelujah. Glory is just around the corner. Come on, lift your hands and thank God. Glory is just around the corner. Hallelujah. Amen. That sounds like to me, if you won't give up, you win. Amen. Don't give up. Don't even consider it. Cast the thought down. Verse 14 says, and the spirit of glory resteth upon you. The spirit of glory is on my life. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, let's look at another example from the apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We just heard what Peter said, or 2 Corinthians chapter 4, rather. Look at verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not deceived, or not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Now let me read it to you how the religious mind reads it. Oh, Jesus, we're troubled on every side. Oh, Jesus, we're perplexed. Dear God, are we forsaken? Oh, cast down. Blessed be his holy name. (laughs) That's not what it said. Don't forget the buts and the yets in the Bible. It changes everything. We are troubled on every side. But or yet. We are troubled on every side. Look at your Bible. What's the word? Tell me what the word is out loud. We are troubled on every side. Yet means it's not over yet. (laughs) Amen. Amen. We are perplexed, persecuted, cast down. Look how it changed the scenery. Amen. The yets and the buts changed the scenery. I might be troubled on every side, yet I'm not distressed. I might be cast down, but not forsaken. I love what another translation says. I might get knocked down, but you'll never knock me out. (laughs) Amen. Knocked down, but never knocked out. Now, he goes on to say in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. What is but for a moment? That means it's not permanent. That means it's not going to last forever. That means what you're going through right now has a time limit on it. That should have been good news to some of you. What you're going through right now has got a time limit on it. God will not allow you, Paul said, to go through anything that you cannot bear. 
So apparently, whatever you're going through, God's already decided in advance, you got what it takes to make it through it. And if you'll stay faithful, you come out on the other side victorious. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? These light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. There it is again, the pattern. After every major attack, glory is awaiting on the other side. After every major attack, the manifested goodness, presence, and power of God is waiting for you. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. I love it. So, no wonder the Lord instructs us to be faithful. No wonder the Lord instructs us to stay in faith. Don't give up. Notice there's the promise again of his glory. And what did we discover earlier? It always comes when God's people are in need of it the most. Are you in need of the glory today? Are you in need of the goodness, the presence, and the power of God to manifest in your life? Then make the quality decision that quit is not an option. That giving up is not an option. I'm not backing down, praise God. I'm staying in faith. I'm staying on the word. I'm staying in the presence of God. Amen. I'm not going to get out of fellowship. Why, why would I want to do all those things when I have the promise of the glory that's just on the other side of this trial? I love what the message translation says here. This is the first scripture that I ever read from the message translation. And I was on a flight on a jumbo jet out of DFW to uh, Nairobi, Kenya. And I'm sitting up there and I, and I just been given my first copy of a message Bible. Never had read anything in it before. And I just opened it up, sitting there on that flight, and I just started reading from the first place that it fell open. And it was Second Corinthians chapter 4. And when I read this, I just, I just started laughing out loud. The flight attendant came over to me and said, what are you laughing at? What's so funny? I said, the Bible. She said, what? The Bible? I've never read anything funny in the Bible. I said, well, you hadn't read this copy. I said, listen to this. Now, it was talking about these trials and we're troubled on every side and all that. <clears throat> and here's what the message says. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. This is just small potatoes in comparison to the coming good times. Look, look at somebody and just kind of shake it off and say, small potatoes. Say, what I'm going through right now, small potatoes. Look at them and say, what you're going through is small potatoes. Compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. Glory to God. The lavish celebration that God has prepared for us. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Glory to God. I think we used to sing an old song called celebrate. Jesus celebrate. Come on, sing it. Celebrate. It's celebration time. Praise God. 
It's celebration time. Amen. Because God promises what you're going through is just small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. Why wait? Why don't you start celebrating now, hallelujah? Celebrate in faith. Celebrate by faith. Why? Because you're headed for days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord your best shout. Amen. Don't give up. So what is refusing to give up all about? Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Amen. So once again, the Lord told me to Keep preaching, teaching, and emphasizing faithfulness. And that the faithful will flourish. It'll be like days of heaven on earth. Amen. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty, which I've mentioned here in previous services. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Abound with blessings. That sounds like lavish. Amen. You know, I I had a day off yesterday. Hadn't had a day off in a few days. Had a day off yesterday. And so I I went out into my classic car garage. And I played. (laughs) And I, I just stood around and looked. I said, Lord, you have been so good to me. Everywhere I look, the goodness of God. He's blessed me with things that I never could have acquired trying to make it happen myself. Just bless me. I walked over to my classic motorcycle collection. I thought, Lord, you are so good. Now, you know, I've been out there many times, but I just got caught up. I just, I was just overwhelmed in the goodness of God. Hallelujah. I just walked right, I just spent the day in there just, just worshiping God. I have a a sign right at the door as you go out the last, if you look up above the door, it says, in my garage. We will worship the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Celebrate his goodness. Hallelujah. And God's not a respecter of persons. In that he will bless every faithful person that remains faithful. It's just a matter of time. This all didn't happen to me overnight. I had to prove myself faithful. But boy, once God decided, at some point, I guess he decided, okay, the boy has proven himself faithful. I started abounding in blessings. It's just like he poured them on and continues to do so. In fact, so much that I can't contain it all myself. that I've been able to bless other people. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's the, the purpose is to bless you 
till you get to the level where you can't contain it all and you just have to become a distribution center, a clearing house for the blessings of God. Can you say amen? amen. Proverbs, tw- uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 19, verse 12, the Amplified Bible, we preached on this many times. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish. So do you want to abound? Then be faithful. Do you want to flourish? Then become uncompromising. That's, that's the way that you reach this place in your life. Do you want to experience the manifested presence, goodness, and power of God? Then that's the way that it happens as you stay faithful. This is not the time to grow weary. It's not the time to quit. You're about to experience your greatest breakthroughs. Hallelujah. You're about to tap into blessings that you've never experienced before. Psalm 31, 19, the Amplified Bible says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up, laid up for those who fear, revere, and worship you. Goodness, which you have wrought for those who trust and take refuge in you. Notice, he's got all this goodness laid up. For us, goodness, manifestation of his goodness that we've never experienced before. How good is that? Amen. God's been extremely good to me, but I hear him saying, you haven't seen anything yet, son. (laughs) I've got things stored up that's got your name on them (laughs) that are about to be released. Hallelujah. And what better time to do it than in 2018? Amen. Folks, we're getting closer and closer to the appearing of Jesus. My wife has been studying end times here the last several weeks. And boy, is she ready to unload on somebody. She's going to preach on it in our minister's conference coming up next week. Well, ministers from all over the country coming in for our minister's conference. And uh, Richard Roberts, Lindsay Roberts, and myself and Carolyn are speaking and uh, I informed Richard Lindsay the other day, you, me, none of us may have a time to speak because Carolyn's been studying so much <laughs> that it appears that she might take every service. <laughs> oh, she's ready. In fact, she'll come running in there to me and show me a scripture and start crying before she can share it with me. Oh, she's, she's, she's on fire. She is, she is so full, she is ready to unload. And folks, I, I hope I hope that she'll preach it in the church because it's it's outstanding. And some things that haven't been dealt with in a long, long time in the body of Christ. Amen. So there's goodness stored up that we haven't experienced yet. The message translation says, What a stack of blessings you have piled up. for those that trust you, those that stay faithful. There's a stack of blessings. Amen. I remember one time I was, I was preaching at a, um, oh, that organization that David Wilkerson started years ago. Teen Challenge. I was preaching at a teen challenge in Riverside, California. And they asked me to come and do this service with these guys that were in Teen Challenge. 
And many of them, they'd been drug addicts and, and other all kind of, you know, addictions and so forth. Some had even just come out of prison. And uh, so I was teaching on faith. Boy, they were eating it up. They, they, were, they were just soaking it up. And afterwards I said, well, listen, and I didn't know at the time that the director there kind of snuck me in because they didn't believe in the word of faith there. And he said, uh, uh, afterwards he said, uh, we weren't supposed to invite you. But he said, I wanted my guys to hear your message because this is life-changing. So I'm, I didn't know that at, before I went in there. And, and I'm just preaching on the word of faith. Boy, they were soaking it up. And so afterwards I said, uh, guys, if any of you would like to hear more messages on this, come follow me out to the parking lot. And I had rented a car and we had shipped our, our resources there. And I had boxes full of these cassette messages on the subject of faith. And uh, so I just opened the deck lid of the, of the car, opened those boxes. I said, take all you want. When I got through, I didn't have a tape left. <laughs> I had several more meetings to go to and, and all my products were gone. They, they took them all. They, they just wrapped them up and they were walking away with bundles in their arms like this. One of whom I might share with you and some of you might know him. Some of you might not, but he became one of my dearest, dearest friends. His name was Juan Juarez. And Juan had just gotten out of prison. And he carried those tapes in his arms like this. And uh, he went back home or went back into that unit there. And uh, shortly after that, I came back to Riverside, rented the convention center and did a, a crusade there. And he brought his girlfriend, which became his wife, Kathy. Their first date was my crusade in Riverside, California. Amen. Amen. And they preached the word of faith, and, there's, and she's still preaching the word of faith. One went home to be with the Lord uh, a year or so ago, and, uh, but they've been faithful all these years. But my point was, they took this like it was candy. Yes. They took it like it was, uh, you know, a, a, a kid in a candy store and just wrapped it in their arms, walking away. And I'm thinking, that's the kind of manifestation of the goodness of God that he has in store for us during this coming year. We're going to walk away with a stack full of blessings. Hallelujah. A pile of blessings that we have never experienced before. This is not the time to turn your back on God. This is not the time to get out of the word. The New Living Translation says that he will bless them uh, while the whole world watches. Hallelujah. While the whole world is watching. Tell somebody nearby, you're really going to be glad that you didn't give up. Say it again. You're really going to be glad that you didn't give up. Say this with me. 2018. Days of glory. Days of flourishing. Days of abounding. Give the Lord your best shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Reach over and lay your hands on somebody real quickly. And you just pray this over them. In the name of Jesus, I pray over you 
that you will remain strong, remain faithful, remain diligent in the Word of God and in your walk with God. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will not grow weary. You'll not give up. You'll not faint. But you'll stand strong. Be faithful. And God promises that you will experience His glory on the other side of every trial you have. So wait on God. Don't give up. This is your finest hour. Give the Lord another shout. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, Justin.